What's up, everybody? We are back for another preview. I'm Andrew Cooper. This is Coop's fa- actually. This is yeah. This is Coop's fantasy football fiasco. Not alarm fantasy football. What's going on? Solo show today. Thank you guys for joining us. Rex Timotheus, everybody in the chat. We're here. We're doing it. And for those that have not watched one of these before, Mile High Luke, what's up, dude? I know you have. Uh, what we're doing here is we're covering each division, right? One Friday at a time. And we're going through and we're looking at contracts. We're looking at rosters. We're looking at depth charts. We're looking at free agents. We're looking at salary cap, figuring out what's going to happen next so we can take advantage in our dynasty leagues, right? So for each team, I go through, comb through all that stuff. And I created kind of a color-coded chart. I've got articles on each team to give you an idea of what's going on. And to be honest, I thought, you know, an hour would be a long time, but it's really not. It's only like 10, 15 minutes on each team. So let's get right into it. First team today, Detroit Lions, right? And here's how the chart works. Uh, green players are players that I think are on the team, and I think their uh, their role is safe, right? So Jared Goff on the team, he's a starting quarterback. That's his role, right? Uh, yellow players are on the team, but their role might, might not necessarily be safe, right? Say it's somebody that is the current wide receiver three. They're on the team maybe next year. They bring in somebody else, and now they're no longer the wide receiver three, right? Red are guys that I think could be released, right? Either traded or released. And then the guys in white are free agents, whether that's restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents. We'll, we'll talk about it, right? So this first team, the Detroit Lions, honestly, and in my opinion on offense, is the most complete team on paper right now. No joke. I mean, the offensive line is great. Frank Ragnow's got the toe issue inoperable unfortunately but he's probably going to play play through it is what he says right but beyond that i mean let's think about this team they have jared goff as a starting quarterback and they also have hendon hooker who they drafted right he had a torn acl but he's beyond that now he's on a cheap rookie deal quarterback they're all set for the short term right they do need to extend Goff at some point but not for this year right at running back We've got David Montgomery as the early down back, Jameer Gibbs as the pass down back. If anything, people want to see one of those guys gone for fantasy football. But for an NFL standpoint, you, you can't be much happier, right? Depth-wise at running back, they do have to do something, right? Craig Reynolds, unrestricted, he's a uh, unrestricted free agent. Same with Zonovan Knight. With Craig Reynolds, he also returned the kicks. So I could honestly see them just bringing back Craig Reynolds, have him do the same role, be the next guy up in both situations, you know, he did get a goal line carry on fourth down in the playoffs. Not sure I want him doing that, but he he returns kicks. He does all that. So uh, I think that Craig Reynolds is probably going to be back in some capacity. Uh, the reality is he's an exclusive rights free agent. For those that don't know, the uh, the short and sweet for exclusive rights free agents, it basically means that they can be brought back for about a million dollars and no other team can negotiate with them. That's all you really need to remember. It's just under a million dollars as a contract. Uh, and, you know, there are some uh, details on how you end up becoming an exclusive rights free agent. It's usually undrafted free agents that have like three years of service time. But the, again, what matters to us is that they, if they want to keep him, they can keep him for, for pretty much a minimum contract. So Craig Reynolds probably going to be back. And then you don't have to do too much else at the running back position, to be honest. So I think they're pretty set there. At wide receiver, that's where they have the one hole, in my opinion. And there's been some debate. I've actually been stirring the pot on this, right? I've been trying to uh, see what people think, whether they're in or out on this notion. But to me, the this team, if they go out and get a big split end, then they, they'll have 
maybe one of the most complete offenses of all time, but easily the most complete in the league, right? Because they have the quarterback, they have the two running backs, they have Amon Ross St. Brown as the slot flanker. And what I mean by that is he plays slot in three wide receiver sets, stays on the field in two wide receiver sets and goes on the outside, right? Kind of like Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Chris Godwin. It's arguably the best role for fantasy football, the slot flanker combo. CeeDee Lamb is another guy who he actually plays a ton of slot and then goes to uh, flanker for two wide. Garrett Wilson, like it is the ideal uh, for fantasy production role, right? And then they have Jamison Williams as the field stretcher, right? If you can go out and get a Mike Evans, right? I know it's a pipe dream, but Mike Evans or T Higgins or Michael Pittman, the big split end, then you have a big split end with his foot tethered to the line opposite of Sam Laporta. And you can have Jamison Williams and Amon Ross St. Brown a step back off the line. They can go in motion. They can do creative things. It opens everything up, right? Chris Godwin, when he had his 1400 yard season, where he was wide receiver two, he was the that was his role opposite of Mike Evans. I mean, like, look how good Chris Godwin was opposite of Mike Evans. Can you imagine what Amon Ross St. Brown would look like? And I know for fantasy football, people don't want it because they, you know, especially me, they want Sam Laporta. They, you know, they want Amon Ross St. Brown to get all these targets. They don't want that. But, I mean, it would be, for an NFL standpoint, the ideal setup. Uh, shout out everybody in the chat. Ani Coop, I see. I know you love Jared Goff. Uh, great guy. He is a great guy outside the uniform. For those that don't know, uh, we did a like a birthday montage for Arnie Coop during uh, COVID. And uh, a friend of mine knew Jared Goff. We reached out. And dude, he, all we wanted was him to send like a quick like 10 second video. And when he found out how big of a Rams fan Arnie Coop was, like going all the way back, he not only sent us a video, but sent an autographed jersey, man. Like Jared Goff, I will always root for that guy. He's the man. He is the dude. And I'm glad he followed Brad Holmes to the Lions and found a new home where he's crushing. So good for him, man. But, yeah, let me know what you guys think. They could just bring back Josh Reynolds. They could bring back Donovan Peoples-Jones to be that big split end. But they need that role filled. And if they do it in the draft, if they do it in free agency, it could be, like, the spot. I mean, I think about this. I mean, they have the eighth most – a cap space of any team, and they also have th- uh, four picks in the first three rounds. So they could go out and get linebacker and corner and safety and whatever they need, and then still on offense just improve that one spot. I mean, it's not crazy to me. So something to think about. I mean, maybe not Mike Evans. He's going to be crazy expensive, but I've been thinking a lot about it. It's something that could be possible. At uh, tight end, they have Sam Laporta, obviously super megastar, was the tight end one this year in fantasy football. He did only average about 52 yards a game. I like to see that go up. I'd like to see him get more targets, but he was a touchdown machine. So what are you going to do, man? Like Sam Laporta is locked in. He's dialed in. And then after that, what they're going to have to do, uh, they could honestly just bring Brock right back. He's a restricted free agent. The restricted free agent tender depends on where you were drafted, right? But anybody that wasn't drafted in like the first or second round, Basically, it means that you you can keep them on a $2.8 million contract, and then another team could pay him more if they want, but no one's going to do that with Brock Wright. So the, it's reasonable for them to bring him back at the $2.8 million tender if they want, or it probably even more reasonable, give him like multi-year deal, two-year deal at more like, you know, $2 million average per year, you bring the guy back, right? Uh, James Mitchell's under contract as a blocking tight end. After that, like let's say they let Brock Wright leave, uh, you know, this is kind of deep cut, but for Lions fans out there, you got Laporta. James Mitchell's a good blocking tight end, so they could have him. 
They have two other guys connected to the team. Shane Zilstra, they could bring back as an, uh, an exclusive rights-free agent like we talked about, million bucks, right? He's kind of just a pure pass catcher. Or they have Anthony Ferkser, who they brought in once Zilstra got hurt. Ferkser, uh, as the, those of you may remember, in the playoffs was the one that caught that pass at the end of the game and went out of bounds like just short of the end zone and kind of kind of a rough play and a rough look for Anthony Ferkser. I'm an Anthony Ferkser fan, so that's kind of tough. But they only need one of those guys, so it's not like they're going to keep both of them, either Zilstra or Ferkser and they're good to go. So, I mean, honestly, that's it with the Lions. They're super complete team. I'm I'm hyped for this squad. It would be best for fantasy football if they don't bring in a big split end, but they absolutely could. Uh, and I see Mile High Luke in the chat saying, what's the best way to support and get all this content? All my football subscriptions are done, and old Coop in the FA needs to get a little cashola. So, to be honest, Luke, this whole series is free right now. If you just go to fantasyalarm.com and click the NFL tab, you can get all these articles. There's about 20 of them up. I want to get every single team done before uh, free agency opens. It will open on March 11th. If you want to support us monetarily, become a member at Fantasy Alarm. And I'm telling you, the content you get with that is wild, man. Like you get all our football stuff, every sport, right? So you get all my football stuff, all my rankings. And I rank every single player every single week in all the formats, full PPR, half PPR, standard. I'm also in the Discord, and we have a special Discord channel only for members called Coop's Corner. We can just ask me questions whenever, and I'll answer them. I mean, I'm in there kind of hanging out anyway. It's, you know, the, the football channels are, you know, it, you know it, it's February, so it's not crazy in there right now, but they do get crazy. There you go, all pro package right there on the screen. If you scan that, go get set up. And here's the thing. You don't just get football. You get all the sports. For NASCAR, we have the three-time FSWA Writer of the Year, Matt Sells. For basketball right now, with Iggy and John and Pemba and James Grande, they are an absolute crazy heater. That show right now, the one they do, their daily show, has like, you know, 200 live viewers, 100 live viewers, and, and they're crushing with that stuff. I mean, baseball, it's, it's Howard Bender and Jim Bowden, who is an actual GM. He was an actual GM in Major League Baseball and, and Howard Bender. You're not going to get more plugged in guys than that, right? Like every sport across the board, right? You know, we have we have Chris and everybody doing hockey. Our MMA guy, Mike, just crushes every week. So, I mean, enough of that. I don't want this to be a big ad, but my high Luke did ask there. Go get set up right now at FantasyAlarm.com because we crush, man. And I'll tell you what, like we take it very seriously. And, you know, if you want direct access to my thoughts, you can just post your entire dynasty team other dynasty teams, whatever, I'll answer. That's what I do for our members. Like, I, it's not a problem for me. Like, I love talking football. So uh, go get set up there. But that's it with the Lions. Uh, kind of a uh, a team, in my opinion, that's ready to compete right now. But, you know, they could be one of the most complete teams of all time. If they add one more, one more guy. You know, with Jamison Williams, that's huge, right? Because his opportunity to play opposite Amon Ross St. Brown and play a full-time snap share depends heavily on whether they bring in another wide receiver. And if they don't, now it's a Jamison Williams season, but at the very least, he's got the speed and the ability to be a field stretcher and, and make people follow him when he goes in motion and watch the handoffs and all that. So love the Lions, exciting team. Next team here, even crazier, to be honest. We're going from one team that's loaded up to another team that's absolutely loaded. I mean, I'm a Patriots fan. I got all this Patriots stuff behind me right now, and just looking at the way they've drafted wide receivers and the way their Steelers have drafted wide receivers over the years, I just can't believe the Patriots couldn't hit on one, not once, not even Nikhil Harry in the first round 
or Chad Jackson in the second round. And then there's all these teams just absolutely crushing with all their picks. I mean, the Patriots drafted two tight ends in the same year, like Dalton Keene and Devin Asiasi couldn't do anything. This team comes out, drafts two, hits on two, right? It just, it boggles my mind, man. But let's go through this team. Honestly, this team, uh, and I'd love to hear what you guys think in the chat. Like, I would love to see them trade something away. Right. You have the you've hit on all these assets and part of you wants to just keep them. They're all on cheap deals, but you got to turn around and say, OK, how do we how do we uh, parlay this into having a more complete team across the board? Right. So I'll start with quarterback. There's no real trades here, but quarterback. I mean, look at this. Jordan Love comes out, you know, plays behind Aaron Rodgers, learns. He looks great. And they also took Sean Clifford, who they like. And he's on like a fifth or sixth round contract. So he's very cheap. And. If they, assuming they like him, then they're all set, not just for this year, for a couple of years. Eventually, obviously, they're going to have to pay Jordan Love, but I think at this stage, he's earned it. So quarterback, they're good. At running back, you have Aaron Jones, who is getting up there in age, right? And I see all these articles saying trade Aaron Jones, uh, that the Packers should look to trade him, blah, blah, blah. And the beat writers and, and those folks this type of year – I don't blame them. You know, I'm, I'm writing an article on every single team and I'm looking for angles and stuff. So I, everyone wants to comb through and say, how do we save money and, and how do we get rid of older guys and, and what should we do? But like, just think of it. You're a team that went to the playoffs and you won a playoff game, right? You beat the Dallas Cowboys. You are competing to win right now. What is the point of trading Aaron Jones? Basically, you're you, at his age. You need to find another team that's also competing to win right now. And then you're going to give them Aaron Jones to compete against you. And then you're going to go out and do what? Find a different running back? You know, bring in Derrick Henry because, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur has always wanted Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's older than Aaron Jones, right? Aaron Jones is good last year. He just got hurt. I mean, he's not only a good rusher, but a great pass catcher. It just it doesn't make sense to me. If this team was going into a bridge year and they were not competing now, then you turn around and you trade Aaron Jones and you say, hey, you know what? We're not winning a damn thing this year. We'll trade Aaron Jones to a team that's competing. They can use him while he's older, and then you know he'll go away as time, you know, as he ages out. But it just doesn't make any sense to, for the Packers to trade Aaron Jones. I get it. I get the idea. I don't mean to besmirch any beat writers or whatever out there. It just you gotta explain to me why, right? AJ Dillon's gone in free agency. No, no one's saying trade Aaron Jones and keep AJ Dillon and pay AJ Dillon. So what's the plan? Like, give me the give me the plan. Like, go out and get Saquon Barkley. You already have Aaron Jones. Things are good. Just stick with Aaron Jones, and then you got to fill out the rest of the depth chart, right? A.J. Dillon's probably gone. Patrick Taylor, they can bring back. He's a restricted free agent. They've already exhausted the number of times they can send uh, they can send Patrick Taylor down. Yeah, exactly, the culture. Scampers, he, he, he's good for the culture. They love him, and you don't have to teach a new guy the, the playbook or anything, right? So, like, Patrick Taylor – so they have Patrick Taylor. You can only, and I, again, on this show, I get into a lot of like nuance and stuff, but you know, I'm just, I'm trying to, to teach some stuff here. So Patrick Taylor, he's been a guy that's been on the practice squad. And when Aaron Jones is hurt, they've called him up from the practice squad. Then they send him back down. This happens throughout the season all the time. People are like, oh, they're sending this guy down. They don't like him. No, no, no. You can protect one guy on the practice squad week to week, and you can send guys up and down X number of times. I think it's three times. I know, I know it's three times. Patrick Taylor at this stage cannot be sent back down. He was sent down too many times. He either need he can't he's not eligible for the practice squad anymore. He's either got to be on the team or not. So we'll see. He's a good pass catching back, I think, as a backup. So if they go there in Jones and they bring back Patrick Taylor, you let AJ Dillon leave. Now all you need is kind of like a plotter uh, back to go into 
that AJ Dillon role. And there's a lot of options out there, uh, depending what you want to do. I mean, I mentioned the name Derrick Henry earlier, and it's actually not crazy. If you want to go high up and you like the idea of AJ Dillon, but you want a better AJ Dillon, Derrick Henry played for Matt LaFleur with the Titans. It was awesome. Imagine the one-two punch of Derrick Henry on early downs and short yardage downs and Aaron Jones operating in space and catching passes. It would be incredible. It would be not that great for fantasy football because it would split up uh, the work there, right? And this is a fantasy football show to some degree, so don't necessarily want that. But it would be great for Packers fans. It would be crazy. I, I don't see too many people talking about the connections there and the possibility there, but that would – help with the longevity of both these players, Aaron Jones and Derrick Henry, to take the work off each other, play for longer, maybe win a Super Bowl, right? Play with people you know. So pretty cool there. Uh, I don't know what that was, Matt. Let's keep that off the screen. Uh, so uh, other options here, Gus Edwards, right? Gus Edwards is another one of those plotter guys. He'll be cheaper. Ezekiel Elliott, another guy where we don't care how efficient he is. He can get a yard when you need a yard. That's the player you need here. And we saw last year that when Ramondre Stevenson was out, now Zeke Elliott can kind of get the job done. He, he did it fine. He did it fine, and he can catch screens. He can do whatever. So uh, that's an option. You can bring A.J. Dillon back. You can bring in a guy like Donta Foreman, although that, that might even be a downgrade from A.J. Dillon. He does not catch passes at all. So I don't know. That's what I would do at running back. At wide receiver, this is where it gets crazy. And I tweeted about this earlier today that this team might even have uh, their backup wide receivers and tight ends, their weapons, their backup weapons, might be better than the entirety of other teams, right? Like I look at my Patriots, you know, DeMario Douglas, I like him, but like the backup wide receivers of Dontavian Wicks, Bo Melton, Malik Heath, and Tucker Craft at tight end might be better than what the Patriots have starting now. I mean, they have no tight end under contract, so it's not even comparable there, but Here's how I think things shake out for this year and for the short term. And there are people don't like it. The problem you run into is that there are fans of each one of these players individually, right? Christian Watson, first round pick, really explosive, injury prone. But when he's healthy, he's looked good. People like it, right? Romeo Dubs led the team in snaps. He had, he led the team in touchdowns. He had both. He was the best wide receiver in both playoff games, right? He played over Dontavian Wicks in every single game except for the game where Romeo Dubs left while he was coughing up blood. So, like, he is the guy over Wicks for now. He needs to be jumped. Jaden Reed is the explosive slot guy that we want to see him play more. We want to see him uh, be the guy in two wide receiver sets, not just, uh, you know, the Tyler Boyd that comes out for those snaps. But that's what he is now. But, I mean, like, he had some amazing games, especially while Christian Watson was hurt. Then you've got Dontavian Wicks, who on a – uh, efficiency basis was the most efficient wide receiver. He had the best PFF grades. He had the best yards per route run, all these things. And he's big and he's athletic and people want to see him in the lineup, but who do you take out? So for me, when I look around at, at this team, like the I'm, I'm an Occam's razor guy. And for those that don't know, Occam's razor essentially is uh, whatever the simplest solution is, that's most likely the solution, right? The, uh, whatever requires the fewest moving parts is most likely what we're going to see. Last year, what we saw was Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs on the outside in two wide receiver sets with Jaden Reed in the slot and Dontavian Wicks is the backup for both Watson and Dubs and comes in when those guys are hurt. That's probably, and he comes in as the fourth wide receiver and they rotate him in, but like, that's probably what we're going to see. Most likely what we're going to see. Now, 
if they trade one of these guys, that would be best for everybody. Teams could really, really use a Christian Watson or a Dontavian Wicks if you want to trade one, or a Romeo Dubs if you want to trade one of those three guys, and then the other guys can play more. That's where I think they can get uh, value and spread the value out amongst this team, right? That's the beauty of hitting on all these wide receivers is that technically if you want, you can parlay that into hitting on a different position, right? You draft three good wide receivers, you trade one for a linebacker, that's just as good as drafting two wide receivers and a linebacker in a lot of cases. So uh, they can do that if they want, but, I mean, they, they're loaded. man. I like Bo Melton. Bo Melton is another guy. He shows up white on the chart here, but he's an exclusive rights free agent, meaning they can keep him for a million bucks, and they will because he looked really good. So he'll be back. Malik Heath will be back. Samari Torre, despite having a, an awesome name, probably – I mean, they could keep him too. He's at the end, end of the roster though, so if they need that roster spot for anybody, he's probably the odd man out, but – is what it is. I mean, you hit on all these guys. That's the way it goes. So uh, it it kind of stinks. They have this log jam of wide receivers that we like them all. But in Dynasty, I think Watson and Dubs and Reed are probably guys you can potentially start this year and you want to have Wick stashed. And you even want to have Bo Melton stashed if you have deep enough rosters. Malik Heath, you know, I, he hasn't flashed the way the other guys have. But, I mean, it's crazy. Now, at tight end, this is where it gets interesting as well. Because Luke Musgrave was drafted. Uh, basically, they did the exact same thing, the exact same thing that the Ravens did. The Ravens, a few years back, you know, more than five years back, they went out and in the first round, they drafted a high risk, high reward athletic tight end in the first round of the draft. His name was Hayden Hurst, right? He had injury issues. He actually went to play baseball briefly. He was an incredible pitcher. He got the yips, right? And, 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 and kind of flamed out on baseball with the Pirates. But he was incredible athlete, so he went back to school and was one of the best tight ends. And they said, okay, let's take a shot on this like high-risk, crazy athletic tight end in the first round. And then they circled back in the third round, and they took a safer-type option, and his name was Mark Andrews, right? And we all know what happened with Mark Andrews. So they turned around after two years, and they traded Hayden Hurst. This team did the same exact thing. Luke Musgrave was the high-risk, high-reward guy, very athletic. He's legitimate, a like championship level skier, you know, not, obviously not anymore. I doubt they let him do like high level skiing. I'm sure he can ski a little bit, but probably not doing a lot of championship skiing now, but he was a crazy skier. And if the name Musgrave sounds familiar, it's because it is his uncle, Bill Musgrave is a coach. He has the NFL pedigree. His uncle played in the league as well. So it's like this combination of athleticism and pedigree and all that, but he was hurt so much that we had like no college tape. He didn't really do the combine because he was banged up. So we didn't have much on that front on Musgrave. So he was very risky, but they took him first. And then they circled back and they took the safe guy and Tucker Craft. And what happened here? Luke Musgrave got hurt and Tucker Craft played. But Luke Musgrave was good when he played and Tucker Craft was good when he filled in. So we don't know. Like Derek Brown from Fantasy Birds just commented on my, on my tweet and said, why do you have the tight end one listed tight end two? Talking about Tucker Craft. You know, kind of joking a little bit, but honestly, could be a very similar situation. In Dynasty, I'd just be happy to have both of them and just wait for the situation. They could keep players, they could keep them both and have Luke Musgrave as the pass catching tight end and Tucker Craft as the inline tight end. But just think of how many wide receivers they have. How often are you going to run two tight end sets when you have nine wide receivers that need to play? That's what makes this team so crazy. They can trade two, two or three pieces away and still have and a ton of guys. And that's a great point in the chat, Dustin, that they did it again with Charlie Kohler and Isaiah Likely. And I love Isaiah Likely, and I like Charlie Kohler too. Like, I just wish that it worked more like Dynasty 
where in Dynasty, you don't mind helping your opponents if you help yourself. And if guys are on your bench in Dynasty, they score zero points for you. In the NFL, you can rotate, right? So it's not as drastic as it is in your fantasy football league where, of course, you trade guys off the bench because they're giving you zero points, where in this case, Dontavian Wicks, as the wide receiver four, played a bunch because guys got hurt and uh, he can rotate in. And Tucker Craft played a bunch because, you know, guys got hurt. So this team might just keep everybody and rotate everybody, in which case it's good for Aaron Jones and terrible for all of us in Fantasyland. Or maybe they do make a trade and make things happen. And, again, we don't really have to talk about, like, Tyler Davis or anybody too far down the depth chart because the top of the depth chart is so loaded that, you know, I don't even have Ben Sims on this chart. Ben Sims technically, uh, you know, under contract, but who cares, right? So uh, it's just more aesthetically pleasing to have it this way. So that's where it's at, man. And I'll tell you what, that's what makes Dynasty so much better at times than redraft leagues. Because in redraft, you have to ignore talent to some degree and think about what these teams are going to do, right? It goes back to the Occam's razor point where it's like last year, Christian Watson was the number one wide receiver and starting wide receiver. And when he played, he led the team in targets, right? And Romeo Dubs, led the team in snaps, and he played opposite Christian Watson in every single game. So those would be the two guys. They earned it in practice, right? And that's the way your mind has to think in redraft leagues where you say what's most likely to happen in 2024, and we don't care about the future. In Dynasty, we can actually boil it down to the talent we believe in. And we can look at Jaden Reed and say, okay, the same thing we were just saying about like Keenan Allen and, and Chris Godwin, we can say, okay, I love, I love Chris Godwin. I'm going to hold on to him for two years while he's behind Mike Evans and Deshaun Jackson. And when he breaks out in the third year, then I'll profit. In Dynasty, you can do that. Like in, with Jaden Reed, you can sit there and say, okay, I'll take what I can get right now. But I believe that in two years when all these guys need to get paid, he's going to uh, be the guy they keep and his role is going to expand. And that's when he's going to go crazy. And me for believing in him, I will get that payoff. You can do that in Dynasty. Dontavian Wicks, you can go out and probably, you know, if you're league sharp, he's already rostered. But, like, that's a guy where this year in redraft it could be rough. But in dynasty, you can go out and get him. So, for me, I play a ton of dynasty. If you want to play dynasty, go over to myffpc.com right now. Use promo code COOP. Uh, Matt, oh, I didn't even have to ask. You already got the QR code ready to rock and roll right here. Hit that QR code, use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. You don't have to go out and find a group of friends to play Dynasty with, right? You don't have to like hunt down them for dues or like set all these rules that like, you know, punish your friends if they're not paying attention or, you know, have to replace guys in the leagues. Over at FFPC, a league has never folded because they automatically replace it and they set people up. Eric Bachman, my buddy over there, has said, he told us straight up, never had a league that uh that that ended because they always fill them right so you have two options in that standpoint you can go and do a startup draft where you just draft all your own guys and you know it's you can do slow drafts or fast drafts and you go through and you, you pick your guys or even more fun do an orphan draft uh not an orphan draft but you pick up an orphan team a team that somebody else abandoned and then that's even more fun for for doing these things because like you get to go through the roster and say okay i like this guy i'm gonna keep him and then you say oh i don't like these guys now i get to trade them because somebody out there is going to like them. So you get kind of 
carte blanche to do all these crazy trades and permission to do all this stuff. If you do a startup draft, I'm telling you, you think you're going to do all these trades, but when you pick the players, you kind of fall in love with them and they're like your babies. It's it's tough. I'm telling you, it happens to me all the time. It's, it's so tough for me to trade the guys that I like, but when I pick up a orphan team, like I did in the series XM league, I don't, I don't care. I have no allegiance to these guys. Just like in the NFL, when you come in and you're a new GM, you just, you know, trading guys left and right, setting up your system, getting your guys. That's a lot of fun. You can do both over there. And unlike setting up a league with your buddies, if you use promo code COOP, you get 25 bucks when you deposit 35 or more. When you do a league with your friends, you don't get any sort of discount. So go get set up with that right now. And you can take advantage of everything we're talking about on this show. If you're hanging out watching this show, either live uh, with Charlie and Dustin and Scamp and, my, and Luke and Audie Coop and everybody, great. If you're watching it on YouTube after, great. But if you're watching it at all, on February 23rd, then you're plugged in. You know what I mean? Go out and use the knowledge and stuff to your advantage with a dynasty league, right? Like go and get set up. Do a Debbie league if you're crazy. I don't I don't get – that's where you draft like college players and stuff. I don't get that deep with the camp, campus to Canton and all that. I like looking at them and, and kind of prepping for the draft, but no, 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 no. I just do the dynasty stuff, and, and that's what we're doing today. We're going through, and we're getting ready for free agency. We're getting ready for dynasty, getting ready for the draft. So uh, free agency coming up March – 11. That's the date. Uh, next team here, the Chicago Bears weapons here. Uh, and again, the very first thing, very first top of the chart, we got to talk about quarterback, man. And in your dynasty leagues, don't sell Justin Fields for cheap yet or, or get rid of him yet because the reality is he gets one more chance. And what I mean by that is a team is going to trade for him they're going to essentially make him the starter. Uh, he's going to get a shot right away. He's not even going to go – like Mitch Trubisky had to wait on the Bills for one year before he got another shot with the Steelers. That's not going to happen with Fields most likely. He's most likely going to get a shot right away. And the reality is it's not just Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams. It's Justin Fields versus Caleb Williams and four years of team control. Five years, honestly, if you count the fifth-year option that you can pick up when you draft a guy in the first round. So that control and that money is more valuable. I mean, like it was when it was Tom Brady versus Drew Bledsoe, it wasn't Tom Brady versus Drew Bledsoe. It was Tom Brady and a hundred million dollars against Drew Bledsoe. That made the decision a lot easier, didn't it? So that's the situation. And yes, Dustin, I see you in the chat. The combine is first, you know, starts on February 26th, but the interesting stuff happens. Dustin, give me some dates, February 28th. It's over the weekend where the wide receivers and running backs and tight ends uh, do all that stuff. Next week, I'm going to have Dustin on at noon on Wednesday. We're going one hour earlier than typical because we have the uh, FSWA award show from one to three. Dustin's going to come on and tell us everything that we need to look for for the combine. So that's a little plug there from Dustin. Hit us with the dates in the chat there, Dustin, that we're looking for for wide receivers, running backs, and tight ends. But yeah, Dustin goes to the combine, boots on the ground. It's going to be so good to have him on on Wednesday to talk to us about what we're actually looking for because it just makes it so much easier, man. And like, I've been looking around at stuff, but I want to hear what Dustin says, because I want to know, okay, some guy steps up to run the 40. How much do I care? What do I need him to run? Right. Dustin's going to have a lot of that information for us, which is great. But anyway, uh, so yeah, Caleb Williams coming in, Justin Fields probably going to get traded. Uh, I don't want to, if here's how you got to approach Justin Fields for a dynasty. If you like the, if you like Justin Fields, you want to just have him go to the best possible team. If you like the weapons on a team, you don't want them to bring in Justin Fields. 
Like if you're uh, if you're a fan of Drake London and Kyle Pitts and and Bijan Robinson, you don't want them to bring in Justin Fields because mobile quarterbacks historically they kind of sap the offense a little bit. They take rushing touchdowns themselves. They don't dump it down to tight ends and 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 fullbacks as much. Uh, you know, they they generally don't throw as much. Like Justin Fields never throwing for more than like 2,500 yards. You want a pocket passer. You want Kirk Cousins, a guy that throws for 4,000 yards every single year. You want Russell Wilson at this stage, right? Like even some of the lesser pocket passers, like a, I don't know, even a Ryan Tannehill, maybe that might be stretching it, but uh, definitely like a Baker Mayfield or a Gardner Minshew. Those guys are better for the weapons, right? So uh, you don't want, if you're a Drake London guy, you don't want Justin Fields. I mean, unless Justin Fields is just going to turn into all of a sudden Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen, where he runs, but he also throws for 4,000 yards, then I guess. But, I mean, like, that's a pretty tall order. If if that's the kind of guy we thought this guy was, then the Bears wouldn't be trading him and drafting another quarterback. They wouldn't have come in, uh, you know, they wouldn't have done so poorly. So, uh, I don't know. Tyson Bajan, I mean, it was fun to see the secret Bajan man play a little bit. And, uh, you know, Bears Reddit sure got worked up a little bit on, you know, maybe he's the guy, blah, blah, blah. But now he gets put in a tough spot where they're going to draft a QB at one he's fields is going to get traded and Nathan Peterman's obviously not really on the team. So they're just going to say, okay, Bajan, you're now the backup for this guy. So he kind of gets stuck, right? You'd almost rather be the guy they trade away and the other guy gets kept, but he just doesn't have that value. Uh, so there you go. Uh, so there, Dustin's got the schedule right there. Friday, our wide receivers running back quarterback, quarterback press conference with tight ends working out Saturday, QB wide receiver. Yeah. So this weekend, man, that's uh, no next weekend. Next weekend, that's going to be good. Next weekend, so next weekend is the combine, and then March 11th is the uh, legal tampering period, which is when all the everything gets announced. That's on Monday, so that's going to be a couple weeks from now. So we still got time to cover every division here. We're going to do that. Uh, Khalil Herbert, Roshan Johnson, those are the backs here, and here's how I'm looking at it. I mean. Khalil Herbert's kind of in a difficult spot because Roshan showed enough that it's going to be split at the very least, or Roshan is going to take over. Khalil Herbert is not going to be able to just kind of stuff Roshan back in the bottle at this stage, if that makes any sense. So for him, he's got the kind of lowest ceiling, but at least he's an unrestricted free agent next year. But let me try, I'm trying to illustrate the the where I'm where I'm going with this in that. Herbert has low upside now, but he can escape next year if this team brings in a running back this year. If they draft somebody or sign somebody, if they go out, like let's say, for instance, they they, they draft Saquon Barkley, or, sorry, or sign Saquon Barkley. Both Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson are in big trouble, right? But at least Khalil Herbert is a free agent next year and can leave. Roshan is, has three more years under contract, so he's buried for forever. So the floor for Roshan is really low, but the ceiling for Roshan is that of these two guys, he's the one I could see taking over the entire job and being the starting running back if they don't do anything. So Roshan kind of has the highest in dynasty, has the highest ceiling but the lowest floor because he could get trapped, whereas Herbert is just kind of middle of the pack. I would much rather have Roshan Johnson give me the shot at upside now, even if the floor is bad, because if you know if Roshan ends up being a backup, then whatever. I mean, I, I'm not probably not starting Herbert anyway, so. That's where I'm at. I have Roshan. I'd prefer Roshan to Khalil Herbert. Uh, Herbert is kind of just a guy to me. Uh, Travis Homer is uh, potentially getting released. And, you know, 
this team, they're going to have to do something at running back. Uh, Donta Foreman, not on the screen there. He's he they they had him as a healthy scratch for games. Like he's not coming back, right? So they could go high end. This team could go for like a Barkley or a Jacobs or a Eckler or somebody if they wanted to. Uh, but you know they could also just hang with what they have and just fill out the back of the depth chart. At wide receiver, they have to do something. That's that's with this team, they have to do something. You bring in Caleb Williams, and you don't. Like the thing is, you don't have to go crazy loading up on weapons for a rookie quarterback. Te- other teams didn't do that, right? Look at the look at who Jared Goff as a rookie was throwing to, like Kenny Britt and Tavon Austin. You know, Josh Allen was throwing to Robert Foster and and nobody. Trevor Lawrence was throwing to like Marvin Jones and and Keelan Cole. I mean, even Tua was throwing like Preston Williams. It was the next year where they brought in a lot of guys, so they don't have to go crazy here, but they do have to do something because. They basically have DJ Moore under contract, and then what? Bayless Jones Jr., yikes. Tyler Scott, yeah. I mean, he's like, at best, a slot guy. I mean, I got to say, Bears fans don't like to hear it, but Ryan Poles, the GM for this team, gets so much credit for a lot of stuff that is not really, in my opinion, incredible. So let's look at what he gets big credit for. He gets credit for the trade where they traded away the first pick and the Panthers took Bryce Young, and then, you know, the Panthers obviously face-planted, so now the Bears get the first overall pick, right? It's not the, – the reality is it's not that hard to trade away the first overall pick. It's the most coveted asset there is out there. You can sit back and just say, hey, who wants the first pick? And 31 teams will say, well, what's the price? And then they put together their best offer, and you select the best offer, right? Like, that's – he didn't even do what would have been the ideal outcome which is he stuck with Matt Eberflus and he stuck with Justin Fields. If they had just drafted C.J. Stroud at 101, that would have been the ideal outcome, right? That would have been the smart move, but they didn't do that, and they, they backdoored their way into having the first pick again because the Panthers were terrible, like unbelievably terrible. So that move, I mean, like you get some credit for sure, but like it all what happens next is everything. The other move was the Montez Sweat trade, right? And basically they traded a second round pick for Montez Sweat and people dogged him for it because they were like, oh, you should have traded for Chase Chase Young, right? But here's the reality is Chase Young went for a third round pick. Anyone could have had Chase Young for a third round pick or anyone could have had Chase Young for a second round pick because he went for a third. So that's he didn't really do anything special there, right? And when you look around, there were other teams that were offering a second round pick for Montez Sweat. Right. The Falcons offered their second round pick for Montez Sweat, but the Bears got Montez Sweat because the Falcons had won four games and the Bears had won two. The only reason the Bears, the the only reason Montez Sweat is a Bear and not a Falcon is because the Bears were terrible. That's all. Right. That's the only difference. So giving him all this credit for that is, in my opinion, kind of overdoing it here. Now, when you look at just the wide receiver position, there's a lot of mistakes that he made that were brutal. He traded. What, what amounted to a back-end first-round pick for Chase Claypool, who's not even on the team. He drafted Bayless Jones Jr. in the third round at the against the advice of virtually everybody. And this was an older prospect that was supposed to be polished, and he has done nothing. So now not only is he not doing anything, but he's also 27 years old already. Like, it's crazy. They He drafted Tyler Scott, who did basically nothing. He let Allen Robinson leave in free agency, which was a good move, but they were going to get a – fourth or fifth round compensatory pick back. And he canceled that pick by signing Byron Pringle. 
Byron Pringle, right? So like there was a lot of moves along the way where I look at what Ryan Poles has done and everyone's like, oh, you're a genius, dude. He traded a, he, he traded away the pick, you know, he, Montez Sweat. Like it's like that stuff to me is actually not that hard. And the, the stuff that is hard, the stuff that, and especially with the Allen Robinson compensatory pick where if you had just done nothing, you would have been better off. Like that stuff is more glaring to me. And at the end of the day, the more of those little tedious, correct moves you do, the better your organization is going to be in the long run. So Ryan pulls to me, obviously he can bail himself out by drafting Caleb Williams and Caleb Williams is awesome. And then it's all sunshine and rainbows, but I just feel like he's made more mistakes than he has done positive things for this team, in my opinion. And bears fans, if you disagree, let me know all the amazing, exciting things that Ryan Poles has done. And maybe I'll change my tune, but I just, I'm just not super impressed by it, to be honest. Uh, anyway, Darnell Mooney, he's going to be a free agent here. Uh, I've been looking around the timeline, and it's interesting. A lot of people are coming out and they're saying, Tony Pollard, you know, by week 11, he recovered from his uh, his broken leg. And he broke his leg by having a high ankle sprain that twisted so hard that he broke his leg. That's what happened with uh, Tony Pollard. And they say that he wasn't he didn't look right till week 11. Well, guess what? Darnell Mooney suffered the same exact injury as Tony Pollard, had the same exact tightrope surgery in the offseason, and he didn't look right either for the whole year. But nobody's coming out and saying, oh, you know, Darnell Mooney's going to be just fine. They don't care. So I don't know. Uh, I don't think Darn- Darnell Mooney's going to be back. I think he could catch on somewhere. And depending where he catches on, I could be interesting. And what's funny is this is a guy I was not in on. I was telling everybody, sell this guy, fifth-round pick or whatever. But I think the needle has moved so far the other way coming off, you know, an injury that we're, that we're giving Tony Pollard a pass for, but not Darnell Mooney. So I don't know. We'll take a look at that. Uh, Equinemius St. Brown, I don't think he's ever going to be what his brother is or even probably a starting caliber guy. Uh, Trent Taylor is, you know, a slot type player. I mean, like they, that's what I, that's what I mean. They have a lot of work to do is that like, I look around, if they just bring back everybody they had, then that's bad. I think they should let everybody go and go out and, and try and get a Calvin Ridley or a Marquise Brown or draft draft weapons. Like they need something. They can't just, you can't just be Dar- DJ Moore and nobody. So uh, that's where I live with that. Uh, Cole Komet, good player, man. I think Cole Komet is, you know, they don't need to do anything. And when you look around at free the free agent tight ends, it's the, the moves are too lateral. The the moves are, are too lateral with, um, you know, you know, the best free agent tight ends are Dalton Schultz, Hunter Henry. I mean, I don't even think Cole, Cole Komet is younger. He might be just as good, if not better. Unnecessary. Unnecessary moves. But what they got to do is they got to go out and they need to get, get a backup blocking tight end, and they need to get somebody that can kind of catch passes, right? So I'm I'm thinking like, you know, Mercedes Lewis, he could come back, but he's 40 years old. One of the best blocking tight ends of all time, but 40 years old. I mean, come on. Robert Tunyon as the passing guy. If, if Komet gets hurt, then you just have the blocking tight end and the passing tight end, the backups kind of mix and match. So they could go out and get like a, you know, Jeff Swaim, uh, Drew Sample as the blocking guys, you know, Michael Pruitt, Johnny Munt. Well, you know, that, that's what you're looking at. And, and fine, those guys are good players. Charlie Warner from the 49ers. Like you need somebody that can block. And then, you know, at the back end of the depth chart, then you just need somebody that can be a pass catcher if if the starter gets hurt. At this stage, Mike Gusecki might just be like a backup pass only guy. Uh, Jesper Horstead is familiar with the Bears. He's played there before. Um, you know, uh, Tanner Hudson could get released. Shane Zilstra, we talked about, uh, you know, uh, exclusive rights free agent. He might not be back. Ross Dwelly. Uh, 
that's the kind of deep cut names we're talking about here. But I love talking tight end, so I you know I'll talk all day. If you want me to talk about Shane Zilstra and why I like Shane Zilstra, I talk about it. So, uh, but that's probably it for the Bears, to be honest. Uh, so yeah. Let's get to the last team. Uh, before that, I just want to mention, because like our sponsors at FFPC, they've been so good to us. We're, we're, we play our Dynasty Leagues over there. We play the Playoff Challenge over there. For people out there, I know some people just, you know, as Fancy Alarm members and fans, they just check out the show. Uh, they don't play Dynasty. They don't do all those things. They do have another option. If you go, if you're set up at FFPC.com, use promo code COOP. They'll give you 25 bucks if you deposit 35 or more. You can also play best ball over there this time of year. I don't like doing redraft leagues right now where you're drafting a real team with waivers and trades. It's way too early for that, right? A dynasty team a lot of times is a lot of work, right? Like I, I love doing it and I talk about it every single day, so I don't mind doing all that, but it's there's a lot that goes into it. Uh, and then mock drafts are meaningless-ish to some degree. They give us information, but you can't win money on a mock draft. You can't uh, play it out throughout the season. That's where best ball comes in. You draft your team draft all the players and then you don't have to set the lineups there's no trades the formula automatically sets the best players each week and ffpc has gotten in the game they have tournaments running right now where you can win upwards of twenty five thousand dollars, as it says on the screen so uh, again if you're getting set up with ffpc anyway you're depositing money and you're getting the 25 bucks when you use promo code coop and deposit 35 or more you might as well jump in some best ball leagues i i use them well not only do i just play because i love playing but i also use them to get um, I use them to get an idea of where guys are going and the value on guys. And then I use that in all my other leagues and my redraft leagues and my dynasty leagues and all that. And we're going to be doing best ball draft starting very soon in the fantasy alarm discord. Uh, I have all the winners from last year. We're going to be giving out some badges on discord soon. Shout out to our guy, uh, Kismet over there. Jack straw, Jack sends and goes by a lot of different names, but he won two of the best ball contests. Everybody else, besides myself, I won a bunch. But everybody else either won one or zero. He won two. So shout out to Kismet, our buddy over there. But, yeah, we're going to get those going soon. All right. Last team here, ladies and gentlemen, the Minnesota Vikings. Last squad here. And this team, uh, you know, for the first time, I actually managed to put all four uh, all four things on here. You know, I was cutting out names like Shane Zilstra or whatever, but – you know, these guys got kind of small names besides the presidential Alexander Madison. So I was able to sneak them all in there. I don't know if I like it. I don't know if I'm going to do that anymore. We didn't really need to have Nick Muse on the screen, did we? But it's what it is. This is what it looks like. And this team has the biggest decision of any team in free agency, no doubt. And that's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, if he were to hit free agency, would be the most valuable free agent, no question. Like, is he the best quarterback in the league? No. But quarterbacks are so much more valuable than every other position that Kirk Cousins, as the best potential free agent quarterback, would be the most impactful piece. And there would be a bidding ward for him like crazy among teams like the Falcons and all these other teams if they don't bring him back. The latest rumors are that um, the latest rumors are that he wants to be back. They want him back. The disagreement is over guaranteed money. He just signed a one-year deal to come back that was fully guaranteed this past season. Now he's coming off a torn Achilles at age 35, and it's tough to give that guy guaranteed money, man. It just it's 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 hard because what happens if he doesn't come back and he's not playing well, he's not ready to go, everything is messed up. And I'm talking like if you were to give him not guaranteed money and you were to get to August and he's not ready to go, now you can salvage your season somehow. But if you give him the guaranteed money, 
you're dead. So I'm not sure he can get guaranteed money. But then that's the thing is that teams are so quarterback hungry and desperate that if you let him hit free agency, somebody else will give him guaranteed money for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. They teams are desperate, man. They're desperate. So I think they got to figure it out. They got to give Kirk his money. Kirk needs to show that he's healthy enough to, to, to be ready to go. I think he will be back personally if I had to bet on it, but I'm telling you, this is the big one, man. This is the the shoe that he they cannot let him get to free agency on March 11th, right? Because you look at that depth chart, there's not a starting quarterback there. Nick Mullins, no. Joshua Dobbs, I think it was worth a try. And I like Joshua Dobbs briefly over with the Cardinals. But you know what I mean? I thought he deserved to get a more of a shot with the Vikings, but didn't pan out, right? Jaron Hall was a guy you take in like a, I think he's a fifth round pick. You took a stab to see if you could catch lightning in a bottle. The thing about lightning in a bottle is that you can see the lightning right away virtually every time, right? Like you can see the lightning fairly quickly when they get a shot. Tom Brady got a shot, looked awesome. Brock Purdy got a shot, looked awesome. Jaron Hall got a shot, didn't look awesome. There was no lightning there, so I don't know. Maybe he needs time to develop and it'll be a long burn, but usually what happens with anybody drafted outside the top two rounds at quarterback, first or second round, is you get one shot, and if you don't crush, then you're done. We saw it with Desmond Ritter, saw it with Davis Mills. You know, we saw it with Sam Howell. Done, right? Like, so that's it. And I, Jaron Hall kind of, I think he already had his shot. So if it's not Kirk Cousins, now they're in the mid. Like, I don't know, would, would the Bears trade them Justin Fields? I don't know. If you're, that's dangerous for your fan base. If Justin Fields goes to a team in the division and he's awesome, they, they, I mean, hard to come back from that kind of business, you know? So, like, I don't know. You know, Russ, Russell Wilson's probably going to want money too. So I, I think they got to keep them. They got to find a way. It's the best thing for Justin Fields and Jordan Addison and everybody too. Uh, at running back, this is kind of like the Bears situation where if one of these guys wins the situation, wins the job, then that would be good for them, right? Ty Chandler has the best chance of doing it. And uh, Coach Kevin O'Connell last year, when Alexander Madison got hurt and Ty Chandler played, as Madison was preparing to come back. Uh, he said Ty Chandler has earned his way to be a bigger part of this offense. To me, that was the changing of the guard where now it's at least 50-50 between Ty Chandler and Alexander Madison. And it's very difficult for Alexander Madison to come back from that and take over the job again. Same with Khalil Herbert. So Ty Chandler, we now like better if he's the guy that he's the guy, right? But if they bring in another running back off the street, then now Ty Chandler on his like long-term deal is stuck whereas alexander madison can at least get out but again we prefer ty chandler we just you just got to hope that your guy wins the job the problem is there's, there's no good tight ends there's like two good tight ends in free agency there's like you know if if mike evans and t higgins and Pittman all get tagged then there's not great wide receivers there's a ton of running backs and there might be even more like Derrick Henry is getting released. Obviously Nick Chubb could be released. There's a bunch of guys. People are saying Joe Mixon will be released. I don't think he will, but that's, that's for another day. Like there's, there's already a ton of free agent options of running back and then more might be getting added to it. Plus you got the draft coming up. Like it's just very dangerous time to be a mediocre running back because of how inexpensive guys are going to be because you've got, you got Saquon Jacobs at the top. Then you got another level that's like Tony Pollard, who still, you know, has got some tread on the tires. Then you've got Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry. 
that are older, but they can play at a high level. And then, you know, there's guys peppered throughout there that, that could compete for this job too. So it's a very dangerous world to live in. Uh, but anyway, they, they're uh, down the depth chart. Cam Akers, unfortunately, tore his Achilles tendon again. I mean, if you come, I'm, I, I root for those guys every single time. If he can come back from that, awesome. Like, you got to root for those guys to come back and play ball again. But it's tough. It's tough with those injuries. And then Keenan Wang, who is a guy that I like, very explosive. He's a good kick returner, uh, all-pro caliber kick returner, has run back multiple kicks for touchdowns. So he'll be on the team in that capacity, in my opinion. Uh, I would like to see him get more shots. I'd like to see them – when you have a guy that's just taking kicks back for touchdowns, like Corderell Patterson was doing for a long time, another team came and said, hey, this guy can kind of make plays. Like, let's put him at running back and see if he can make plays. With Keenan Uenwu, if he's just going to run back kicks all the time, at a certain point, don't you, don't you just say, hey, you know what, let's just give this guy the ball every once in a while and see if he can just score a seven-yard touchdown because he can do it on these kicks. I know it's a different skill, but I don't know. In my mind, I think those guys deserve a little bit. You know, it's like if they're if they're that – they're doing it at that level. Brent, that's what David Johnson as a rookie, you know, started running back kicks, Alvin Kamara, and then they said, oh, wait a second, like, let's, you know, this guy can score touchdowns, like long touchdowns. Let's see what's going on. But I don't know. That's just me. I like Ty Chandler. I like Keenan Nguyenwu. Alexander Madison, eh, whatever. Wide receiver, Justin Jefferson is, is you know, he's under contract for this year. He's going to uh, set the market. Him and uh, Jamar Chase, when they get paid, will be the two highest paid wide receivers in the league. They should probably get matching contracts, like whatever one gets, the other should get, and they should be happy, uh, but that's going to happen. Jordan Addison, awesome. Jordan Addison is a buy right now, and I'll tell you why. Because we talk about uh, flipping. When, when it flips, where a guy goes from being a part-time player to a full-time player, Jordan Addison, the flipping has already happened for him. Last year, when the season started, it was Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne playing the full snaps with Jordan Addison as a part-time guy, uh, Justin Jefferson got hurt. And then Addison and Osborne both played full-time snaps. And then when Jefferson came back, Osborne was playing the part-time snaps, just like he was back when it was Jefferson and Thielen and Osborne. That was the moment that Jordan Addison overtook KJ Osborne and the window to buy him is probably closed. But if it is not closed and you can still get him, I would get him. Right, because I think he's a very good player. I think him and Justin Jefferson are going to be the top two targets on that team for a long time, or it's going to be highly consolidated with TJ Hawkinson. But we're going to talk about Hawkinson soon and why, at least early in the year, Addison has a chance to really pop. On the rest of this depth chart, I, uh, you know, Brandon Powell, uh, if they want to bring him back, he kind of filled in when Jefferson was hurt, whatever. Jalen Naylor is a guy they really like. He's like uh, explosive, fun. He just kind of got banged up, so he'll be back. Lucky Jackson is a person who I needed to look up. I did not – I had never heard of this fellow before, which, you know, that happens, right? I mean, like, when you're talking about some deep guys, I swear, most times I've heard the names at least once. I was like, who is that? He he got called up from the practice squad at the very end of the season with the injuries and stuff going on to do essentially just special teams. So – Shout out Lucky Jackson, a player I had never heard of. If you guys in the chat had heard of Lucky Jackson, that's pretty cool because that's a pretty deep cut. Uh, you know, him and Malik Knowles are going to be uh, kind of fighting for the back-end roster spots on this team, primarily as special teams. When I say special teams, I don't mean like returning kicks and punts. I mean like chasing down guys and trying to make tackles on those type plays. Uh, don't worry about those players. TJ Hawkinson, obviously tight end one, 26 years old, superstar. Uh, and I think he's fine 
for fantasy with when Justin Jefferson was healthy early in the year, he led all tight ends in targets. So not a big deal, but Torres Achilles, uh, sorry, Torres ACL, not Achilles, uh, which it's honestly better to tear an Achilles, an ACL than an Achilles. It's easier to recover from an ACL for sure. The, dip, the Achilles is actually becoming a little easier, but it's still a very tough one. And then the, obviously the toughest one is the patellar tendon. That's what Gerard Mayo suffered and why he had to retire so early and become the coach of the, uh, the Patriots, you know, I mean like Cadillac Williams and David Boston and Victor Cruz, those guys, and then when they suffered that patellar tendon, did not come back. The only guys I really remember coming back and being playing at a decent level, Jimmy Graham somehow came back from a patellar tendon, which is nuts. He suffered that with the Seahawks. And um, uh, Jim Leonard was a defensive back that uh, he came back, but he never returned punts again. He played for like the Bengals and the Jets. Uh, but enough about that. Uh, so TJ Hawkinson should be fine. For the short term, they'll have Josh Oliver. Oddly enough, Josh Oliver, I thought he would step into that pass catching role, but he didn't. He just kept his inline blocking role, and Johnny Munt started running routes, which Johnny Munt has always been a blocking tight end himself, going back to his time with the Rams. So that was very strange to me. Uh, but, you know, I think they just need to supplement uh, the pass catching early on in the season. And it's the same list of names I mentioned from the Bears. You know, if Anthony Ferkser or, um, or you know, like Tanner Hudson don't get picked up again, uh, Tanner Hudson's a restricted free agent. Guys like that. You just need somebody that can help out in the pass game. Uh, at fullback, they, I was surprised. Kevin O'Connell usually uses three wide receiver sets, but he actually used C.J. Ham a decent amount. Like when he was with the Bears, the, I was sorry, with the Rams, there was no fullback, zero fullback. But with this team, he kind of just adapted to what he had. C.J. Ham's a good player, plays a little bit. They could move on from the fullback and go three wide receiver sets like they, I thought they would, or maybe they just stick with what they're doing and mix and match and do whatever. I don't know. C.J. Ham, if he does get released, maybe a team like the Texans that runs a lot of fullback would want to see if he's maybe better than Andrew Beck. I don't know. You know, maybe the Patriots will go back to using fullback. The Raiders. Uh, I mean, man, we're an hour into the show. We're speculating on C.J. Ham situations. Let's get out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in to yet another solo psychotic breakdown of a division nfc north at some point i'm either going to do an extra bonus show or i'm going to do two divisions in one show which would be absurd but entirely possible that it could happen so that's it for us that's the nfc north thank you guys for hanging out in the chat next wednesday we got dustin on to talk combine and the following friday we're going to do the afc north right so Stay tuned with us. All the articles are up over at Fantasy Alarm. Go get that All-Pro membership. When you do get your All-Pro membership, make sure you immediately pop into Coop's Corner on the Discord uh, and DM me on Twitter at Coop Fiasco. If you don't know how to get set up, we'll get you all set up. Pop into Coop's Corner. Say what up. Make sure, you know, we know you're in there. You're hanging out. Uh, and Get that all going. Also, myffpc.com. Use promo code Coop. They'll give you 25 bucks when you deposit 30 or more. But that's it. Thank you guys for hanging out. Thank you, Matt Deutsch, behind the glass. Let's go. We're getting through uh, the offseason here. No offseason for us. Coming up soon, combine, free agency, draft, and then we're back, baby. All right? That's it for us. Take care.